are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Packers starters will play on Sunday. This, according to Matt LaFleur, on Monday. We wondered about this after the game. And now we have some answers. So we're going to talk about that to start the show. After that, our friend Daniela Bruce from Locked On Now. She also covers the Red Wings. She covers the Tigers. And she happens to be one of our hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. She also happens to be a Lions fan. She is going to join us a little bit later to talk all things Lions, including what it is like to be a Detroit Lions fan. So it is a surprisingly uplifting conversation, uh, more, more than you would think. There are going to be questions about how the Packers want to handle what's going on on Sunday. It's not just that they want their guys to play. Aaron Rodgers said, I want to go. Devontae Adams said, I want to go. Now, he also said he wanted to get the yardage, uh, the, the 21, 22 yards that he needs to pass Jordy Nelson for the single season record. He is, is deserving of those single season records. He has been that good this season. If Aaron Rodgers wants to play, he never wants to play in the preseason. He said, I don't need practice. I don't even want to practice sometimes, but I want to play. And I, he, he said the toe is feeling great. And so this is part of the calculation from Matt LaFleur. What is best for the team? What I think is even more interesting is David Bakhtiari is going to return to practice this week. What can he do? We will see. What can Randall Cobb do? We will see. Roger said Cobb looks great. Do you put him out there for a series or two? What is the limit? Are they going to play all their guys? I thought it was really interesting. Matt LaFleur was in Houston in 2009, and he said that the, those two teams squared off in a late season game that did not mean anything to the New England Patriots, and they played their guys. The invocation of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick should not be lost on us. This is what the best teams do. They play. Now, you know, we, we've seen this um, play out in different kinds of ways. The Bears in week 17 and 2010, they played their guys in a game that didn't matter. They didn't seem to really game plan for it. They didn't play particularly hard and the Packers beat them. We know what happened after that. The Packers get into the playoffs. They go to Chicago in the NFC Championship game and they win and they ultimately win the Super Bowl. We should not expect a high level of play from the Packers in this game. But also the Lions are the Lions. They're not fighting for playoff positioning. You're not going to play to keep your guys out of or to keep them out of the playoffs. They're playing for pride. You're playing for pride. Here's how I think Green Bay can benefit 
from getting these these guys out there. And it's it is not just the psychological benefits of seeing David Bakhtiari back, although I think that matters. It's not just the psychological benefit of seeing Jair Alexander back, though I think that matters. And it's not just the psychological benefit of seeing someone like Randall Cobb or Josh Myers back, though there is a benefit. Rogers talked about this after the game. He said when he came back, uh, there is this belief that you gain from getting, you know, he was talking about him in 2013 when he came back from the collarbone um, that, you know, it it didn't uh, they, they didn't win against Carolina in, in the other collarbone game when he came back in 2017. But that the belief was different. What he said was more important, though, from a football standpoint was it takes a little bit to reacclimate to the game, to get used to the flow, to get used to the speed, to get used to the hits and and everything that comes with it. And he said that it would be nice to get some of these guys back in the regular season before the, by the way, the intensity, the speed, the atmosphere, all of that stuff ratchets up even another level. I, I think it's also useful to know that Matt LaFleur said We trust guys like David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander that if they can't go in the regular season but could be cleared physically to go in the playoffs, that they'll be fine, that they don't need the live game reps to go out there and help the team win. And by the way, they don't, but it would be better. What Matt LaFleur kept saying, he kept calling it the ideal situation. In an ideal world, David Bakhtiari would get some reps after practicing all week. He'd get some reps and... He'd rest. Randall Cobb would get some reps. Jay Alexander would get some reps. Zadarius Smith, we'll see. He'll get some reps. And and again, we are we are seeing Billy Turner, who's been out a while now, but not as long as some of those other guys. Josh Myers, who's who's really been out a while. It'd be nice to get those guys some some live work in a game before the postseason. You have to balance that though with the risk. Now, Again, I said this yesterday. I'll say it again today. I don't think the Lions, this is not your slightly older brother's Lions, and Dominican Sue is not out there. I don't think if you put Devontae Adams out there, they're going to headhunt him or, or anything like that. I don't think you're you're running that kind of risk. But it's still football. And there's still some risk associated with going out there and playing. So here is what I would expect Green Bay to do. I think they will they will game plan and they will set up the, this week like the guys are going to play. But they are also going to, I would guess, have some stuff that is going to be Jordan Love specific because I wouldn't expect the Packers to play more than a half. What I think they want to focus on in this game is starting fast. Go out there with Randall Cobb, with David Bakhtiari, with Devontae Adams, and go up 14 nothing, 17 nothing, 21 nothing, and get everyone out. That should be the mindset. Go in with we're just going to we're just going to play our butts off, execute like crazy, go up and and show ourselves and the rest of the league we can start fast because it's not something they've really done effectively all year. Now they did it to some degree against Minnesota not able to finish um you know down in the scoring area against Minnesota on that second drive. They're still able to get some points. That that could have easily been a 14 nothing lead for the Packers against Minnesota. Detroit's not as good. And they're not as well coached and they don't have the 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 top end talent that that Minnesota does with the Packers guys. They should be able to go out there and score quickly if they want to. Now, that doesn't mean show a bunch of stuff, show unscouteds, 
and, and give away some of the things that, that you might want to do in the playoffs. On the other hand, it could mean showing them things, some things that maybe you haven't shown in a while. It might mean uh, putting some things on tape just to put them on tape, just to give these playoff teams something to think about over the next two weeks as they prepare for the Packers and watch tape and all that stuff. You have an opportunity in that way. There is something to be gained from putting your guys out there. Is it worth the risk? That is the, the main question. And I struggle with this idea that it should be up to the players because sometimes as a coach, as an organization, as a medical staff, it is up to you to say, I get that you want to play. I appreciate that you want to play. It's too important that you're healthy for our organization. You're not going to play. And Rodgers and, and LaFleur also said, look, if someone doesn't want to play, if they're borderline and, you know, a game where someone is, if it's a playoff game, Rodgers said this about Cobb. If, if the Vikings game had been a playoff game, he thinks Randall would have pushed to play. But that doesn't mean that he would have. The reverse can be true. Okay, well, you're borderline. Do, do you, how confident would you feel in playing? Well, not, not super confident. Okay, well, then you're not going to go. Now, you're probably not going to get that answer from very many NFL players uh, when you have 53 alphas in the locker room, but it is it is something worth taking into account. And I think Matt LaFleur is saying all the right things when it comes to how they're going to handle this. Rodgers wants to be all gas, no break. He wants to finish the season strong. You know what else he wants? A couple more touchdowns so that all the Brady fans can't be like, well, but Tom not, we're not doing that. The, the Brady fans are big mad that that Brady is not the front runner uh, for MVP and that it's not not really particularly close. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is like the four to one favorite at this point, And Brady is a five to one underdog. Like it's not it's not going to be Brady. Not after barely beating the Jets. It, it's just not going to be Brady. I mean, he'd have to go out and throw 40 touchdowns on Sunday and he's just not going to do that. Um it's, it's Aaron Rodgers, especially because he's going to play. Now, if Rodgers goes out and, you know, plays like crap and Joe Burrow is really good, or you know, so I think there are like very, very weird circumstances. But right now, Rodgers is the prohibitive favorite. That being said, Brady has better uh, counting stats, more touchdowns, more yards, more attempts, more completions. And part of that is because of the way their offense is set up. Part of it is because their defense has been a problem. And part of it is they have they had for most of the season, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. Cam Brate and all these guys and the best offensive line in the league. So, yeah, why not sling it all around the yard? Meanwhile, the Packers have had to try and win games against Kyler Murray um, without Devontae Adams, without MVS, without Alan Lazard, without David Bakhtiari, without J.R. Alexander, without Zedaria Smith all season long. And the Packers did it with a plum. They did it convincingly and they didn't have the toe stubbers. They didn't lose to Taylor freaking Heineke. They didn't lose to Taysom Hill. They didn't lose to Trevor Simeon. If for no other reason than you want to make sure that your team is focused every week, which they have been most of the year, even though they haven't started fast, they have been focused every week outside of week one. That would be why you would put them out there or, or is a reason why you would put them out there for week 18. I thought Ryan Wood put it put it well um, when he said, you know, last year when the Packers, they had fought for this number one seed, they felt like that was 
a destination in itself. And they, they found out that that wasn't enough. And sometimes in sports, you need to go through these moments. Sometimes in sports, you need to have that adversity. And, and both Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers said postgame, one of the reasons this team feels different is because they have faced more adversity than the 2020 team. Rodgers is big on every team needs to learn how to win every season together. And so you you want to you want to show you want to show yourselves again. And you want to stay in that mindset of every week, every week you have something to overcome and you can do it. This team now as as opposed to last year that they thought the number one seed was some sort of panacea maybe, that this year it's not enough. It's not enough to just be the number one seed. Now you have to be the number one seed and you have to take advantage. You still are going to have to play your best game. NFC Championship game last year, Aaron Jones plays, I think, the worst game of his NFL career. Devontae Adams drops a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers misses MVS for a touchdown. Zadarius Smith, no-shows. These are your best players. Elton Jenkins doesn't play great. Corey Lindsley doesn't play great. Your best players didn't play well enough. And so, yeah, if you want David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander and Randall Cobb and some of these guys to be at their best in the postseason, maybe it's worth the risk to say, it'd be nice for you to get out there for like two or three series and just knock the rust off a little bit. I think there is value in that. In an injury, look, it could happen in a game. It could happen in practice. And they would they would be practicing all week, even if they're not playing. So you're adding some element of risk. I like I like the move, especially if it's just a quarter, because then you're still getting the Jordan Love experience. You're still getting to see some of these backup players to get them some run to evaluate them moving forward. Hopefully you get Amari Rogers back off the COVID list and he gets some extended playing time. Hopefully you can get Josiah DeGuara in the mix uh, in the second half in the offense and see what he can do. Some of these defensive backs, Shamar, Shamar John Charles, see what he can do. That That's useful. That's, that's beneficial to your team. The Packers... I think they've they've weighed the risks and they decided that three weeks is too long, that there is actually something to be gained from going out there and playing, playing hard to stay focused, to stay in the mindset that has kept them this far into the season as the best team in the league, as the Super Bowl favorites, but online right now has them as the favorites. Those odds have changed. They are now the shortest odds in the league to go to the Super Bowl. And it's because week in and week out, they bring that focus and that intensity to their matchup. And they want to keep that up. And I think that makes sense. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Get Upside, an incredible app anyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside is giving 25 cents per gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. They'll give you another 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. I know it sounds like a weird thing. You're just going to give me money for doing this thing I was already going to do. Yes. Yes. That's how easy it is. Download the app. Use the promo code touchdown. They're going to give you up to 50 cents a gallon on that first tank and 25 cents after that. Cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code 
touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's touchdown to get that extra cash back. And thank you to those who make Locked on Packers your first listen of the day. We are so glad that you wake up with us every morning or maybe every evening, depending on when you listen to us. We thank you for your support of Locked on Packers. Joining me now, one of the hosts of Locked On Now, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. She is also a digital reporter and producer for Detroit, all things Detroit sports, Detroit Red Wings, the Tigers. And I think those would be more fun teams to cover than the Detroit Lions, because those teams have had some recent success. Danielle Bruce is here with me now. I, I I don't mean to throw shade right off the bat. I, I, uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but... Um, that, that is where we are with the Detroit lions. That being said, uh, they, they beat the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. They, they play hard. What, what is it like right now? What is the current state of the, the feeling among the, the fan base and, and the media and, and, and just the vibe around this team right now? You know, surprisingly to most people, other fan bases, I should say that, the mood right now is not bad. I think everybody's optimistic about this Lions team. There were a lot of things that didn't go their way this season when it comes to COVID protocol and injuries. And there are some young players like Jeff Okuda that we barely got to see, a former first-round pick. So um, I think the mood is optimistic. That's the way I would put it. Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, it's a, it's a little too early for fans to you know, completely buy in, I think. But it's also a little too early for fans to say, that's it. We don't like them. You know what I, they're not doing a good job. So I think everyone's really optimistic about the season, only two wins that that's not a good season, but optimistic <laughs> that they're trending in the right direction. Some of the guys that we've seen this, like Deandre Swift, the run game looked a lot better this season. Penny Sewell looked good and he was their first round pick last year. And um, he's actually, I think he was just put on the COVID-19 protocol list. So mm-hmm. may not see him on Sunday, but um yeah, there, there's definitely some optimism among this fan base in the media core that covers the Lions. So part of trying to put this all together is is a coach that that the players believe in, mm-hmm. um, that is trying to build a culture, and that is what Dan Campbell has set out to do. It's what he has stated he wants to do, but it's not just he's he's not just a cheerleader. He's not just going to be the rah rah guy, and he said that as well. He brought in what I think is a highly capable group of coordinators, mm-hmm. and to me, if you're going to rebuild a team. You can't just suck and get high draft picks, especially in the NFL. You need to be putting winning players around your young guys and find ways to build something together. You, Aaron Rodgers talks about this. You learn Every year you learn to win as a team again because the mix is a little bit different. Have there been hints, things that make you go, okay, I think, I think this team is figuring it out at the very least to me, they're playing hard and they, they fight every single game. You, you have confidence every time they go out there that they're not going to embarrass themselves. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I think you nailed it. And you, you talked about it earlier, just that they fight back. They aren't um, kind of you know, laying down and there's very few games this season where they did get rolled and, and embarrassed they they've been in every single game. You mentioned the Cardinals game. They won that game. They beat the Vikings. They also lost to the Vikings on a last second field goal. They lost to the Ravens on a last second, Justin Tucker field goal. So, <laughs> 
there were just, um, there are some heartbreakers this year too, that, you know, if they swing the other way, we're talking about maybe a six win lions team and the Pittsburgh tie. So there's just, um, they're definitely there. I think, like I said, optimism around Dan Campbell and the fact that this team shows up for him and they're buying into what he's doing. And, um, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know exactly if the players think that they're building that winning mentality, but it seems like they're trending in the right direction from what we've seen in the past here in Detroit. Speaking of Detroit sports, I think you are uniquely positioned to answer this question. Where are the lions in the hierarchy of not just Detroit sports, but Michigan sports? You mean in what, in what sense? If, if so we throw, let's throw the tigers out there. Let's throw okay. the red wings. Let's throw Michigan. Let's throw Michigan state. Like what in terms of the sports that are there, where are the lions in the Fans care about this. This is part of the conversation hierarchy. Oh, it's always at the top of the conversation. Everybody loves the NFL, right? And in Detroit, we really want to have a good football team. I think it's right up there. Of course, we're dubbed hockey town, right? And I'm a big Red Wings fan. I work for the Red Wings. So, of course, I love them. And the Tigers are on the the upswing, too. But everybody is dying for some good NFL football in Detroit. We would love to see it. So, no matter what, they always remain at the top of the conversation. This season, everyone's talking about it. They're talking about Dan Campbell. They're talking about Brad Holmes and all the draft picks that they have coming up in the 2022 draft. So it's definitely interesting. And the Lions, they don't lose interest. Let's put it that way. They always pique everyone's interest in Detroit. The quarterback position is something that they're going to have to figure out. And they they get Jared Goff back in the Matt Stafford trade, a trade that I think the, the, the Lions were smart to make to get something of value for Matt Stafford. But when that trade was made, they tried to sell us on this idea that Jared Goff was their guy. I don't believe that. I, I don't think most Lions fans believe that, but this is not a quarterback rich draft. There is no Trevor Lawrence at the top. There's not even really a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields. So how do you, how do you figure out how to, how to find the path with quarterbacks? Because this is still a team that's probably a year two away from needing the guy to mm-hmm. get them to, you know, the the next step. Well, that's the biggest thing. I think Jared Goff is the guy for right now and for next season. And I think that's the way that everybody has to look at it. If he goes out and has some great season next year, then maybe he is a guy in a longer term situation. But I think he knows, Dan Campbell knows, everybody knows um, what Jared Goff was brought in to do. And that was kind of to be the bridge guy, right? To figure out who's next for the Lions quarterback. But you can't go in with the attitude that you're not the guy. And I don't think Dan Campbell can go in with the attitude that he's coaching a quarterback that's not their guy. He is right now. And I think that he's going to do a sufficient job when he has the players around him next year. Again, our team was depleted this year and you can't use injuries and COVID-19 as an excuse because every team is dealing with that. But um, like you said, not a rich quarterback draft. I don't think the Lions are going to take a quarterback in the first round, especially not in the first round this year. They do have two first round picks, but I think they're going to go defensive on both of those picks. Mm. So um, I, I don't know, maybe in the later round picks, they do take a quarterback, somebody that they like and see what happens there. But I think for right now, Jared Goff is the guy and that's the attitude that they need to have for at least the next season. Yeah. And they could still always go the Marcus Mariota route or one of these guys who's a former starter, just come in and compete. And if Jared Goff wins the job, Jared Goff wins the job. And you can always do the thing that the Titans did with Mariota and Tannehill. And maybe you get lucky that way as well. Um, As, as someone who has followed this team, presumably for more than a year or two, um, 
what what is it like to follow the Lions? Like I, Packer fans, I think don't realize how spoiled they are with a they team don't. that oh, that is man. good every no. year. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I mean, do you allow yourself hope? I mean, you sound hopeful now, but like in most seasons, are do you allow yourself to get to that place? Um, I normally, yes, I would say yes. I am a pretty hopeful fan. Good. Year, I had some realistic expectations for the Lions. I really did going into it. A new regime, new uh, first-time NFL head coach. I really didn't think they were going to win very many games. And we've seen some positives from them. But um, being a Lions fan has been very, very frustrating <laughs> at points because we had some successful seasons under Jim Caldwell, obviously brought in a new coaching staff that didn't work out at all, didn't get them to the next level. And then the Matt Stafford trade. It was it was a tough pill to swallow for some Lions fans, including myself, just because we really loved Matt Stafford. We wanted him to be the guy that could get the Lions over the hump and win a playoff game. So you had to deal with all of that. But now, like I said, I set some realistic expectations going into this season. So they really haven't broken my heart this year. Of course, you're watching some of those games that I mentioned against the Ravens and the Vikings. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to win. And then they lose on a last second field goal. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it breaks your heart all over again. But yeah, it it's tough. But I really do think I, I'm the majority of the fan base. I think we all had some realistic, realistic expectations and we're optimistic moving forward. In terms of what what we're going to see this weekend, we don't quite know what exactly the Packers are going to bring to the table. Matt LaFleur said on Monday, uh, echoing what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams said after the game on Sunday night, that they they intend to play their guys. Now, does that mean for a quarter? Does that mean for a half? Like Devontae Adams needs 22 yards or 21 yards to get uh, the franchise single season receiving record. Is he just going to play until he breaks that record? We'll see. That makes it difficult to predict what's going on here. As you mentioned, Panay Sewell on the COVID-19 list, along with Taylor Decker, which means multiple starting offensive linemen on that list. New protocols, they could come back sooner, et cetera. But in a game that does not mean anything in the standings for the Packers and is just pride, essentially, at this point for the Lions, what what do you want to see from this Detroit team uh, to make you feel good heading into the offseason? Just a fight like they have been all season long. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers come in and tear up the Lions, which we've seen way too many times. Let's be honest here. Um, but like you said, I think they're going to start the game. It sounds like they're going to play at least a quarter, maybe at least a half. So let's see the Lions fight a little bit. Let's see what the, leave it all out on the field. This is it. This is they're playing for this. You know what I mean? And the Packers are playing. They've, they've clinched the NFC. They've got a lot to look forward to in the playoffs. So I really just want to see the Lions go out there, give it everything they got, leave it all on the field for this season. And, you know, I hate to be the person that says, let's look ahead to the draft, but really let's look ahead to the draft. Let's see what we can build for next year. Do you, do you have a draft crush yet? Have you gotten that far? No, not really. Um, and I'm, I'm a Spartan. So the Aiden Hutchinson thing is, uh, it, it, yeah, tough. but Hey, he's a hometown kid. I think he's a great player and uh, he had a tough game against Georgia, obviously, but um, it, I think he might be the guy if he falls, it looks like the Lions might be drafting two, depending on what happens this weekend. But um, yeah, I, I think that might be the guy they take. He seems like a Dan Campbell guy, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. That, that's another thing you'd fit right. In. <laughs> it seems like it. Like I said, his family's from Plymouth, Michigan, which is like 20 minutes outside of Detroit. So he would love to be a lion. He and the fans would absolutely embrace him. You would, you would love to see it. And, and Packer fans look, Packer fans liked when the lions were good. It was, it was more fun to have some of these, these rivalries now in Dominican Sioux, like where, what, what did lions fans think of in Dominican Sioux? I don't know that I've ever asked a lions fan that question. 
Okay. And there, there's, again, there's mixed emotions on this one. I was a big Ndamukong Sue fan when he was here. I like that he, you know, he got things going. He was, he was in the media. He was in people's faces. Did he do some questionable things? Yeah, probably. But, um, he, uh, diplomatic. Yeah. He was, he was, he was great here. I thought he was good for the fan base. He was good for the team. And that was back when the Lions had found a little bit of success, right? They found themselves getting into the playoffs and it was good to see him um, on the edge of that, but he's had a successful career now too. So obviously wishing him the best, but I liked him. Oh, I, I think that's totally fair. I, I think he's one of those players that when he's on your team, you're like, yeah, that's our guy. And when he's on the other team, you're just like, <laughs> exactly. God, I hate that guy. That's like Aaron Rodgers. So like I'm like, Oh God, you're so good. And I just don't like you. But if you were a lion, I would love you. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, Bears fans, I think, feel that way. Vikings fans are ready for him to come and do the Brett Favre for them at the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's that's just sort of what the deal is when when you're. A he doesn't want to like do that. it with right. He doesn't want to give us a, give us a try for the end of his career. Well. Probably not. Um, <laughs> well, I knew it. Never, never say never, I guess. I don't know. It seems like he he likes Dan Campbell. So yeah. that's the other thing about, about Dan Campbell is it seems like the guys like him. And and you could it would be easy, right, to fall into the trap of he's a rah-rah guy, like Mike Singletary in the 49ers. He was a rah-rah guy, and the players mm-hmm. almost immediately were like, You're you're lame. But it seems like the Lions are like, no, this is what we need. Like, we need someone to, because he he's not just a hard nosed guy. He's sort of a modern uh, uh, football coach in that way. He's like, he's crying up there on the podium. Like he, he his players see that sees that he cares, and I think that that trickles down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is some of it a little over the top? Maybe I don't know. But I mean, if that's kneecap personality, that's the, the kneecap biting. We didn't see very much of it this year. So maybe if we see a little bit more of it next year, I'll be okay with it. Um, but yeah, I'm, is it a little over the top? It might be. But if that's his personality, then that's his personality, and I like it. And if players are gravitating to it, that's something we haven't seen in a few years in Detroit. We didn't hear great things about Matt Patricia and his coaching staff, and we're hearing really good Mm-mm. things about Dan Campbell. So that's a positive sign in itself. Daniela, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let my listeners know where they can find the stuff that you are doing, including Locked On Now, which everyone should be subscribed to because I'm I'm on it. Yeah, exactly. Locked On Now, <laughs> of course, tune into the Locked On Now NBA version, NFL version, NHL. We've got it all. So make sure you're just following all those YouTubes, liking and subscribing. Um, we do that every night. And there's two other anchors and hosts that do it. And we work really hard on it. And it's a lot of fun to bring you all of it. And all of our local hosts are on there, too. So it's a great show. And like I said, if you're an NFL person, subscribe to the NFL. We've got the NBA, NHL, all of it. MLB too, but right now, obviously, that's that's a little dead. <laughs> we got locked on to now. We got locked on today. We're between yeah. the two of us. We are we are covering it all. Danielle, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Danielle for joining the show. Awesome to talk to her. Check out Locked On Now. Thanks again to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen of the day. Would love for you to go check out Locked On today. Would love for you to go check out Locked On today. This is a great time to do it because there's so much going on in sports. The NFL in full throat. The NBA really kicking into gear. We've got hockey college basketball, the college football final coming up here for the Natty. Alabama, Georgia, talking all things SEC, and and pretty soon baseball will be back. So Lockdown Today is an invaluable resource to get you caught up on everything from around sports every single day. 
day. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank <laughs> you.